You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. In 2012, the Southern Gospel Group, the Tallies, you ever heard of them? came out with a song called Broken World. Let me just give you a few of those lyrics. Someone's been told it's cancer. So many questions and all of them ask why. We're living in a broken world. A broken world won't give you any answers. Everything is upside down. Wrong is right and right is wrong. But not for long. No, not for long. This broken world is cradled by a Savior, and nothing here can take him by surprise. Someday all this hurting will be over, and every tear has been wiped away and dried. But for now, we're living in a broken world, but not for long. No, not for long. We've all been there. Some of us are there right now. We've all asked this question, why do bad things happen to good people? Have you ever asked that? I've been there. I've questioned, I've wondered, and it has challenged my life. The answer to that question is not known to us many times in the physical realm. Many times, we couldn't even understand the answer, even if God gave them to us. Now, I preached a similar message on this two or three years ago, and I felt that it was appropriate to revisit some of this, some of these points this week, especially with our world and what's going on and so many people, even here in our church family, who are going through difficult times. Why do bad things happen to good people? Or better yet, why do good things happen to good people? Godly people. Now, what do I mean by godly people, a godly person? I'm talking about a person, as we talked about last week, that is a Christ follower. Someone who follows after Christ. Someone who imitates Jesus. Someone who really tries to live for the Lord. Some of you, you know people like that. Maybe you're one of those people. And there's been things to come into your life and you just don't understand and you question. Why do bad things happen to good and godly people? If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, or you can follow on the screen. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now when Herod was about to bring him out, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Now think about that. Bound with two chains, And sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him 
and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly, and the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so, and he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Now listen carefully, please. There is no promise anywhere in the Word of God that says that the people of God will be kept from troubles, the pressures, and the trials of this world. If you don't already know this, as I stated earlier, we live in a broken world. Amen? But not for long compared to eternity. Many people today say that if a Christian is not healthy and wealthy, they must have some type of unconfessed sin in their life. There's only one problem with that theology. It is not consistent with the Word of God. Look at John 16, 33. It says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me, me, you may have peace. Not in the world. In me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have what? Tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying, you will have problems. You will have adversity. And there will be a crisis to come into your life. But in the midst of it all, please know that I am bigger and I am greater than any problem you will ever face. Well, in Acts 12, we have a problem. The Apostle James is about to be martyred. Now listen closely. It does not mean that the Lord had forgotten about him. He knew where James was. He knew the circumstances in his life. It also means that James did not deserve to die because of disobedience and unconfessed sin in his life. It means that and somehow, in some way, the Lord would be glorified in James' death. Wow, now just listen to that. Then we see that Herod had Peter thrown into jail. And as I began to read about the problems that persisted in Peter's life, I then began to read how James was killed. And then I wonder, why do bad things happen to good and godly people? Well, there's three things I want you to see this morning. Number one, when bad things come into your life and into my life, we must always remember that God has a providential plan for your life. What do I mean by providential? I mean a favorable plan. A plan with divine foresight. A God-ordained plan. When bad things happen to me, I have to remember that God has designed a providential plan for my life. In verses 1 and 2, Herod has James put to death. And we saw that the Jews were happy about that. He had Peter put into prison with the intention of killing him. And there's, verse 4 gives the picture of this. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. Here Peter is being guarded by 16 
soldiers. The church is scared. James has been killed, and now their spokesperson, Peter, is in jail awaiting execution. And at this juncture in Acts, if you want to know the truth, things look very bleak for the church, don't they? Do you know what I think James and Peter knew? That God had a providential plan for their lives. For some of you this morning, it seems that the world is coming apart at the seams. Your back is against the wall. There is no escape. There is so much hurt represented in your heart today and in this very place this morning. But I must remind you, God has a providential plan for your life. He has one for my life. And hear this. What looks like tragedy for you today really means triumph to him. What looks like suffering today really means we're strengthening him. God's perspective and our perspectives are totally different. You and I look at the short side of things. We just look at what's here today, what's happening now in my life today. And many times, you and I are, at, are guilty at not being able to see beyond today. Because, see, we view life from today. But God views life so, so differently. Again, we view life from the short side of things. And God is looking from an eternal point of view. A lot of things are going to come into your life that you do not understand. But we must remember that God has a providential plan for our lives. Now, can I really just be real honest with you? Do you get weary sometimes of not understanding? Anybody be honest with that? I do. Like the economy, $5 a gallon gas. As I said last week, the 401Ks, the 101K. People getting sick. Some in this very room today have been diagnosed with cancer this week. Others have been fighting sickness of a different kind. Some have had relief. Some are still waiting for answers. And if all of us are honest, we just don't understand why God allows things of this nature to come into our lives. It reminds me of a story of a little girl who used to go by this store in this small town you ever looked in a big picture window? You ever went window shopping? And you would go and you would look and you would see things in the window. And every day she would go and she would look at this doll. And then she'd look at it day after day after day. And another day, here she was. And the store owner saw her again. Had been seeing her day after day after day. And saw that she was really always looking at this same doll. So he took the doll and he brought it outside to her. And he gave it to her. And he said, here, little girl, I've been seeing you look at this doll all the time. It's yours. And she looked back at him. And she said, wow, the glass is gone. 
I can see this doll better now than I could ever, ever see it before. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says this. We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long, what? Before the weather clears and the sun shines bright, we'll see it all then, see it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing Him directly, just as He knows us. Praise God. Amen. And in the many bad things that happen, we must remember that God has a providential plan for our lives. We can't understand it, nor can we see it now. But one day, in His time, we will understand it. We must remember that God has that perfect providential plan for our life. There's a second thing. When bad things come into your life and into mine, we must always remember there is a promise in prayer. A promise in prayer. The Bible says that while Peter was in jail... The church called a prayer meeting. Now, if your pastor gets thrown in jail for preaching the truth, are y'all going to call a prayer meeting or are you just going to leave me there? I need to know that. Now, this was a serious prayer meeting. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. The church was now agonizing over the situation with James and Peter, and all they could do was pray. You know, it reminds me of Moses. You remember when Moses was sent into the desert? How long? Forty years. And all Moses had left to depend on was an all-faithful, all-wise God. That's really not a bad place to be, is it? Now think about that. There may be many limitations to what we can and cannot do, but there's one thing all of us can do, and that is pray and seek the face of God. This wasn't an ordinary prayer meeting. The Bible says they prayed constantly and fervently. And God honors his people who pray. Man, you say there are just so many bad things that have happened in my life. I don't understand them. But I do understand God has a providential plan for my life. But it's so dark and the picture is so bleak. What can I do? Well, you can pray. Do you know sometimes... God has to send a crisis into our lives to get us back to the place that we seriously seek Him. Sometimes God has to what? Rattle our cages. Sometimes God has to send a problem. Sometimes He sweeps our hearts with adversity. Why? To give us a wake-up call and to get us back to the place where we are serious about seeking Him. Everybody remember 21 years ago, September 11th? Most of you remember where you were in 2001 that day. The tragedy in New York City brought this country to its knees. It was a tragedy, and thousands lost their lives. But if you recall, on September 11th, after September 11th, church attendance in America boasted by 25%. It did in my former church, and the same thing happened here. There was an increase. You know what happened? Maybe God allowed that tragedy to bring us back to focus and to play in a place to where we could get serious about seeking Him once again. 
Then just a little over two years ago was this thing we called COVID-19, the pandemic. Now, God may not have sent it, but he sure allowed it. And church attendance has been down all across America ever since. What's first in your life? What's most important in your life? Job? Children? Grandchildren? Do you know Jesus isn't going to settle for any of that stuff? I'll ask you the same question as I asked you last week. Has it ever cost you anything to follow Jesus? Well, it cost James his life. Jesus must be first. Jesus must be foremost. And when the Bible declares that he will have no other gods before him, that means money, that means houses, that means cars, that means retirement, anything you can ever imagine. You see, sometimes God sends problems as a wake-up call to bring us to our knees and to cry out to God once again to get serious about seeking Him. And we need to quit going through the motions. We need to be serious about letting God know that He is welcome to interrupt our services at any given time. We need to be serious. About the souls of men and the anointing of God moving and touching and changing and healing and restoring and reclaiming. Church, you know what we need? A God-sent revival. A God-sent revival. And it only comes through prayer and supplication. Sometimes God brings us to our knees to let us know how we really are and how great he really is. But there's a final thing. When bad things come into your life and into mine, we must always remember there is a peaceful provision. A peaceful provision. Look at verse 6. Now when Herod was about to bring him out, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. Think about that. The night before Peter was to be killed, he had a good night's sleep. I mean, how did he do that? The Bible says he was chained right there between two soldiers. I thought, man, that's interesting. So why do bad things happen to good people? Well, some things we will just never, ever know in this life. But we do know this. Those who walk with God, those who believe God, and those who trust God... Even in the midst of hell and even in the midst of adversity, knowing that tomorrow I'm going to lose my life, but I still trust God. Do you know what happened? The Holy Ghost sent an angel to rock Peter's soul to sleep that night. And the Spirit of God said, Peter, there is nothing that is going to rise in your life today or tomorrow that I cannot and will not handle for the glory of God. And he says that same thing to every one of you and myself here today. Amen? How in the world was Peter able to sleep the night before he was supposed to die? There was only one way. He was prepared ahead of time. You see, Peter had prepared in private 
before the persecution arose. Now listen to this. There's an old principle taught in the South that says, you can only get out of the storehouse in the bad times what you place there in the good times. Did you get that? In other words, you cannot wait until winter comes to try and grow the things that are necessary for survival. The spiritual application to this principle is this. If you wait until the bad times come to serve the Lord, there will be no spiritual reserve in your life to see you through. But if you are faithful, if you cultivate your relationship to the Lord in the good times, you will store up the needed spiritual strength to see you through in the bad times, the hard times, the difficult times. That is why Peter had peace in the midst of persecution. He knew there was a providential plan for his life. And he rested in the promise of a prayer. And when he did, he experienced a peaceful provision. Listen, church. When tragedy comes into your life, and you are a believer, God will give you a grace that you need that day. He never gives tomorrow's grace today. Tomorrow may never come. You see, you need a new grace, a grace that you've never known or needed before. And He has promised, according to the Word of God, that He is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Do you know that, friend? Do you? He sticks closer than a brother. He's promised. He said, I will be with you always. How long? Even until the end of the age. You say, Pastor, I'm tired of not understanding. But in the midst of it all, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding raptures my soul and rocks me to sleep in the midst of hell. Listen, why do bad things happen to God's people? As I said earlier, I don't always know. I don't understand. Sometimes I'm sitting in the dark just like you are. But in the midst of the darkness, there is a presence. And guess what? It cannot be bought online or at the Christian bookstore. It only comes from the throne of Almighty God. Verse 7. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him. Have you ever been there? Down, depressed, forgotten, the world caving in, and the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you. Look at verse 8. And the angel said to him, <clears throat> Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. In other words, get your clothes on, Peter. We're out of here. That's exactly what that meant. The Lord came to Peter. And instructed him on what to do. God may not deliver you today. Today. From what's binding you. But he will give you strength and instruction on how to act and what to do even in the midst of hell. You see, the Lord sent a leader. The Lord sent a light. And the Bible says, verse 7, and a light shone in the cell. What's the message here? 
Have no fear. God is in control. When you cannot see the end of the tunnel, He can and He will lead you by His right hand. The Lord sent a lifting to Peter. Verse 7, He struck Peter on the side and woke him saying, Get up quickly and the chains fell off his hands. You see, that's the reason Peter was sleeping. He knew whatever God willed would be. He sure was relieved when the angel kicked him in the side and said, get up quickly, arise. You may ask, what application does that have for us today? Well, I've got somebody greater than the angel watching over me. What about you? He is the messenger of light. He is the Lord, Jesus Christ himself. And let me tell you just how big of a light he is. The Bible says that in the city of God, there is no need for a light. For he and he alone is the light of day. That's who's got me. And here's your message. Look at Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's big. That's real big. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will strengthen you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's the same shoulder the Bible says that the governments of the world rest upon. And if the shoulders of the world, listen, if it's big enough for God to sustain them and the governments of the world, surely his right hand is big enough, strong enough, and mighty enough to hold you and I up. Hallelujah. Amen. What do you think about that? God is bigger. He says, look here, I've got you in the palm of my hand. You may say it's dark out there. I know it's dark. But you say, I'm dismayed, I'm disheartened, I'm discouraged. So many bad things have happened to me, pastors. Listen, it is happening all around us. He says, I got you right here, right here, I've got you. And do you know what he's saying right now? Ain't nothing going to come up in your life today that I can't handle. I've got you right here. He says, all you have to do is rest in me until the glass is gone. I want you to know that one day the strong hand of God is going to take my life and set me at the feet of Jesus. You know what he's going to do? He's going to roll back the clouds and he's going to move the glass and it's going to be gone and he's going to say, right there is the reason. Right there is the reason. And that's what he's going to do for you too. Then we will understand the waiting and the silence. God says, I've got it all. I've got it all. Right here. Just hang with me till I move the glass. Then you will understand. Now hear me. I would rather walk with God 
in the darkness than to walk without him in the light. But let me close. Don't forget these three things. God has a providential plan for your life. There is a promise in prayer, and there is a peaceful provision. For those of you going through whatever it is, there is hope today. One reason you're here today. Do you know that song? Another reason is because Jesus is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. And he is a promise keeper. And that's why I will exalt thee till the day I die. If you're here today, many of you, I look at your faces, funerals, cancer, other things, waiting on healing. Some's been healed. Some's waiting on tests. We all we all have things that are happening and we just don't understand. And we'll all just be perfectly honest. We all question. That's just human. That's who we are. But I want to tell you again, if God can sustain the world on his shoulder in this right hand, he can sure sustain you and me. In a moment, I'm going to pray. Altars open. Maybe some of you need to come. Maybe many of you need to come and ask the Lord to help you get through whatever you're going through. Some of you just need to come, praise God, that he's already gotten you through some stuff. If you don't know the Lord, today would be a great day to know the Lord. If you want to look at joining this church, today may be a good day to do that too, if that's what you've been thinking. Whatever you need in your life, the Waymaker is here to provide it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you today for your word. Lord, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it never, ever, ever returns void. And God, I pray for all of those in this place today, for all of those who are watching on live stream and those who will be watching on TV, that God, you would touch them at the point of their need. That God, that they wouldn't have to wait around for you to send a crisis before they cry out to you and say, God, I can't help myself. Help me. Lord, I pray today that people would just be honest and do business with you. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' precious name. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.